Hello everyone and welcome fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host, Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. In this week's episode, I wanted to take some time to talk about something that is a very important part of our business and careers. That is business branding. This is something we do to promote ourselves as individuals and also as a way for clients to find out where to find us or where to catch us on our travels. Branding is so much more than just an image placed on a business card or dropped onto a photo for social media. I asked my longtime friend, Sarah, from Dorje Adornments back onto the show to give us an expert opinion on this topic. She designs and executes all of Dorje's photos, ad campaigns, and printed media. Sarah has been a designer for many years and carries a degree in photography. She has created trends in social media that are copied by many studios throughout the world and has turned a studio's brand into what many studios try to strive for. Stay tuned as we discuss what creates a successful brand, the do's and don'ts of photography for jewelry and client photos, and those tough things that some people just need to hear. do business management and brand management for Dorje Adornments in Rochester, New York. So what are your credentials for doing all of the different things at Dorje? So I have my bachelor's degree in photography from Maryland Institute College of Art. Um, I have been working with Nick now for years. And when I started there, kind of helped clients water the plants, but I was lucky enough to do a pretty successful business marketing-wise. So I got to learn what he had going for him. And instead of building something from the ground up, I was able to kind of just take over what he had already kind of done the hard work for and kind of tweak it. Um, so I've had some time to really just look at the details of how business can grow based on consistent marketing and brand management. So that's been helpful and also a great insight to how art industry can be successful or less successful if we use our online marketing tools. And that is the main reason why we wanted to have you on the show this week is because a lot of people in the industry are aware of Dorje Adornments, and I know that I go on about them on and on, but they have an extremely strong brand where if you say Dorje Adornments, you know exactly the photo, the layout, everything of that nature. So you go ahead, take a few moments here and just kind of describe to us what you think makes a good brand and also what you think that means to our industry. I don't think that there's a, a right way to go about branding yourself, but there are definitely questions you can ask yourself as you develop your business's voice in order to make the most impact with the tools you already have. There is such a thing as ineffective branding, and that's usually a result of ignoring demographics and sales analysis and pursuing methods that are either less consistent or meant for a different business model entirely. High-quality piercing shops do all have certain things in common, but also they have many things that are particular to each individual business. Even shops that have multiple locations need to cater their marketing and retail supply to the people who are in their customer base. Broadening reach 
can be achieved long-term with word of mouth. Like if you have excellent customer service, that's going to be known. That's going to get around. And you can also achieve short-term broadening of your reach with marketing devices. Um, I don't need to talk about how print marketing is effective. There's already many research done about how spending a certain amount of money on business cards, billboards, magazine ads, newspaper ads, etc. usually proves effective as a way to spread your information and increase sales. But that's not how we do things at Dorje. So I'm only going to really talk about the conclusions that I've been able to map from how we interact with our current and potential clientele online specifically. So Tumblr is popular, Twitter is popular, Facebook is a given. The best thing about them is that they're free and they're free means of communication for small businesses. We need all the ways of spreading our message that we can get. And we need to do it in a way that most effectively uses what small budget we have to market ourselves. Jewelry is expensive. And if you're listening to this, I bet you don't take the shortcut method of buying jewelry. That's not an aspect of our businesses that we're willing to compromise. And for good reason, it's better to compromise on something that doesn't affect our morals and standards. However, free marketing can come across as cheap marketing. And by that, I mean an amateur hand in your design process can translate as representing an amateur shop. If you decide to display your shop's personality online, people will decide their opinion of you based on waves from your internet self rather than what you have to offer as a piercer or jewelry retailer. The quality of the message as well as the way it is delivered can be elevated without spending money or more time cultivating your online presence. And that can elevate your sales. How many times have people visited your shop because they saw you on Instagram and then when they've discovered the price of that clicker you just posted, they are completely shocked. It's always more than they expect. Yeah, how could they possibly know when so many places sell cheap garbage that turn your nose green, but not until after they've already bought it? We can't change the perception of good body jewelry in a short amount of time, but we can help the process along by displaying our studios more effectively with the marketing device we have each chosen as the best for us, whether that's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, or whatever you kind of hit harder than others. From what I've noticed, there are a lot of shops that don't have separate accounts for businesses and personal posts, or people have created those separations, but post the same content on both. Both of these methods create a limited reach. Because Instagrams do nothing to advance the exact same image posted twice. So unless your audience for your business and your personal page are 100% separate, which is you're cutting your reach, like getting followers from one, it's usually related to the other. And you're just cutting your reach in half entirely. But on the opposite extreme, if you're combining your personal and business account into one, you're closing yourself off by insisting that your clientele should not only be interested in piercings and jewelry, which is literally the only thing you offer, they should also be equally invested in that baseball game you went to with your partner. And they're going to be clients that like thinking they know you by watching your personal life unfold. And that can in turn help boost your return numbers. But there's a larger group of people that just want to see the work you do. Your personal life, they can go ahead and find your personal page. Instagram has made that very easy for everybody. Boundaries are not only important for maintaining safe spaces for you and your staff, but also for assuring a level of professionalism if and when someone decides to actually visit you in person. If you are consistent in person, to who and what you have shown online, there's already a very basic level of established trust. There's a comfort in the expected, even if it's subconscious. Consistency translates to honesty, which can lead to lasting relationships between piercers and clients. 
your point of sale system can usually track return clients, like if it's the same credit card used over and over again. And as you expand and adjust your marketing methods, you can look at those numbers to see what's actually bringing in return clients versus what's not. And you can kind of gauge the success of certain methods over others. And like I said, there's no right answer for your brand's online presence. I'm not going to pretend like I have the right answer, but there are some things you can ask yourself in order to discover if you're being genuine to your long-term goals. Like, whose voice do people hear when they see you online? Is there one person that does all of your social media posting? Does it sound like a friend talking to you or does it sound like a salesperson talking to you? If you're a small staff and when people come in, they request a particular piercer every time, Using a friendly and informal tone comes across as more consistent to your family-oriented business approach, but you're so high volume that the majority of your clients just want to see whoever as soon as possible, and there isn't much room for being picky. Having a more formal slash neutral syntax ensures effective communication across all of your demographics because you can suggest that a higher volume would bring a broader range of clients. There are always exceptions. I'm only pointing out, not the individual. And number two... Are you making the most out of the tools you already have available to you? Like, spoiler alert, you don't need a DSLR to take good photos. I use one, but they don't really give you a bachelor's degree if you don't have a camera by the end of it. If you're doing photography, that's like kind of necessary. So I already have one, but, or you have a budget for a great camera, use it, but you definitely don't need it. The only thing you're concerning yourself with is light. And unfortunately... Most lights in piercing studios are meant to be pierced with, not to take photos of. So go outside. Take your photos of your clients outside. I promise it's going to be so much better for you. Like you can try indoor light, but it is so inconsistent and it usually comes from all sorts of directions. Like I could go on and on and on about ways that you could adjust the lights in your studio to make it easier for you to take pictures of your clients inside. But if you can get actually in the shade, not in the direct sunlight, or take your jewelry photographs in a window, you're going to notice a huge difference for yourself. Like these adjustments can make the difference between a not so great photograph and a fucking amazing photograph. And it's just you adjusting where you put your subject. It's a trial and error thing. It doesn't cost money. It just takes a few minutes for you to put your images side by side, see which ones you like better, but it actually does take the time to discover those things. And if you're not really willing to put it in, that's one thing, but I promise you would notice good things for yourself if you invested those five minutes every other day. Other than that, are you reaching out consistently? Followers awake when you post, like do you post at two in the morning? Do you post at nine in the morning? Those things might seem really silly, but they actually make a huge difference in what Instagram and Facebook allows to be widespread because they actually do permit or forbid certain posts from getting attention based on the algorithms that they've put into place that they think are helping you, but really they're not. Um, if your Instagram account is a business page, they let you kind of track that stuff. They have a graph that shows you when the majority of your followers are online. So you can post specifically. If you don't have your Instagram account connected as a business account, I definitely recommend it. There's a lot of good information that they give you on there. Um, that kind of breaks it down into numbers, which I definitely prefer. Um, also number four, are you accessible via social media as a ways of communication? 
Do you answer all direct messages or do you point people to an email? How quickly do you respond to messages? If managing all of your social media accounts and those direct message accounts means that messages go ignored for days because it's too much for one person or two people to handle, it's probably worth reminding your followers pretty much with every post how they can best reach you. The process is super tedious, but if you're not accessible, people might stop trying to access you, which means they might not want to follow through by showing up, giving you money, becoming return clients, all of that good stuff. And lastly, is there something that sets you apart? Your shop isn't like any other shop, if only because you're there and there's no one else like you. So why should your social media presence look like someone else's? Like what stylistic elements exist in your shop that you can bring into your photos? We have a lot of brick and our color is gold. So every photo has gold and or brick. People come in and they're like, their shop looks exactly the way I thought it would. And that's really comforting to them. Like, do you use crystals or geodes as a display element or bone or leather or mirrors? Just throw a few of those into the background of your jewelry photos. All of these things are useful as jewelry displays and as photo details. And they're a way to connect what people see online to who you are in person as a piercing shop or as a jewelry boutique that happens to offer piercings. Your post can curate those impressions so people aren't surprised by how you present yourself, who you are, or even your price points if they should expect a certain level of professionalism and, I guess, cleanliness, because that's kind of what our shops are known for. If you're displaying that online, people are going to expect that in person. So it's one less conversation that you have to have with people. And it also is a way to create that trust that I was talking about before. But basically, nobody can tell you what's best for your business and its marketing devices because your shop is unique. And that's the bottom line. But if taking a few minutes to consider if you're making the best choices about how you present yourself, how you reach people, how people have impressions of you... It really doesn't take a lot of time to ask yourself those questions and it can improve your sales, your return clients, your relationship with clients more than maybe you would expect. Um, If it's only taking a few minutes every couple days, it seems pretty worth it to me. So that is an extreme wealth of information, especially for someone who's in a successful position such as yourself. What I'd like to do is just go ahead and touch on a few things that you talked about. Because I think some of them are really important to talk about because there's a lot of variation that we see and some of it really works and some of it really doesn't. You discussed quite a bit about photography. I think that we brand ourselves in our photos because that's the best way to show like, hey, I can do a solid, great piercing. I use this amazing jewelry and so on and so forth. With that being said, I know... That you discussed, you know, you can use a DSLR or whatever, or you can use your iPhone to take photos. But I, I think one of the things that I just want to stress to a lot of young piercers and things like that is even if you have the best tools, when they're in an amateur's hands, they're just as useless as anything else that you would ever have. I mean, a $5,000 camera doesn't take, you know, $5,000 quality photos. And I think it's really important to possibly take some photography classes or ask a local photographer to kind of show you the ropes and things like that. Do you kind of feel the same way, Sarah? I do. I I think that um, getting your BFA in photography is kind of a scam because everything that I learned in school, I could have learned on YouTube. It's all out there. All of that information is ready for you to just 
put the effort into seeking out in the first place. But everything you're going to learn for your fancy camera, because there's no way that having never touched a DSLR, you can take it out of the box and just know what you're doing. That's not a thing. They don't make it user-friendly like that. You're going to have to either read the manual, look up videos, and that is applied to any camera device you have. You could take the same amount of time to look at what your iPhone 7 can do as it would to when you take your Canon out, figure out how to even press the shutter for the first time. The only thing that's benefit of a single lens reflex camera is that there are more things to customize and you can get the same consistent photos regardless of your surroundings, but you have to know how to make those adjustments. And it took me four years. Um, If you wanted to put in that effort because you know in the end it's going to be worth it because there's a reason that people use the cameras that they use, then do it. But why spend that money? Like, we already have a lot of things that we spend good money on in the shop. So you have to spend many camera. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying too. I mean, for example, I just got a new portable recorder so that I could record podcasts with people when I'm on the go. And that thing is the most unfriendly piece of equipment I have ever bought in my life. And I've must've read that manual like two or three times already and watched probably two hours worth of YouTube videos just to know what I'm doing. I I really think that it is very important for people to realize that you're not just going to know how to instinctually know how to use things, despite that's what you may think. It really doesn't work like that for really advanced things. And I've talked about it before, but like Google syndrome is a thing. You know, you just are like, oh, I can just figure it out real quick, but you don't retain the information. Whereas if you have to like search it out, you have to find it, you have to practice it, you have to utilize it. All of those things make you never forget it. So I just think it's, I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, 100% awesome when they first start, just like with piercing and just like with school and just like with everything else. And it just takes time and practice. But, you know, practice and learn the basics on your phone before you go out and spend like a a huge amount of money on buying like a fancy camera. 100%. And uh, like I said, the enemy of a good photograph is the light that's going on. And a lot of times I've seen people's jewelry photos, they think because they see all these dark, ugly shadows under the jewelry that it's not lit enough. So they just keep adding more lights. You want to filter that light. I cannot tell you how many places around the shop are hidden just pieces of printer paper that I have tucked away because if you're going to put in the time to learn how to use a real camera, you had better take that time to learn how to use your phone because it's exactly the same adjustments you have to accommodate for, except with fewer factors that you need to keep in mind when it's on your phone. Your iPhone is super good at adjusting its own ISO. Guess what a DSLR can't do? And you're going to have to keep that in mind. Also, the white balance, you're going to have to figure out what that is too. And yeah, there are good YouTube videos for that, but learning shutter speed, depth of field, good lighting conditions that create an even cast of light without really harsh, ugly shadows, that's all something that you can just do by experimenting on your phone. Um, And also your phone, add images off of it. Or you can keep them and compare them side by side so you can see the things that you like better. Take note of the factors that were different and narrow down why it was a better image. Come to flood my email with questions about stuff. I have pages upon pages of things you can do with your iPhone that make good images, but that would be a whole other podcast episode. My number one, if you're still using your phone to take images, buy a white 
or reflective silver phone case. It will make such a huge difference you don't even know. A lot of the like dark spots you see in really shiny jewelry are just the reflection of your phone. So if you make your reflection of your phone essentially invisible in the jewelry, it makes it look more professional. And that's just spending $5 on a phone case. Like that will do more good for your photos than any other advice I could give you. The other thing too uh, that I think is super important for people to realize is the composition of photos as well. One of the things that I love about all of Dorje's photos is when you look at all of their photos, it is usually in front of one of two different types of backgrounds. And it is always in front of those two types of backgrounds. So when people look at your Instagram, it looks consistent. Whereas you see a lot of people who are like, hey, I took my picture in a field today. And yesterday it was in a coffee shop. And today it was on the side of a pavement. And tomorrow it was in the side of a shower, like just all over the place. You're more often than not looking at the pictures and saying, where the hell are they taking all these photos? Whereas if it's the same thing, it's comforting. And in addition to that, it looks more stylized. Definitely a trial and error process, but you can trial and error without making those trials public. Not that there's necessarily a pro and con to that, but if you continue to change your aesthetic and your backgrounds and your composition, people are not going to realize who's posting it. And you have to keep in mind that all of your posts are going to be seen in a fraction of a second because you know you've done this yourself when you have Instagram open and you just take one finger and you scroll as fast as you can until something happens to catch your eye that you would stop. Um, If people don't know to recognize what you as very clearly your thing, they're just going to scroll right by it. And that's not a big deal. You know, the end all of marketing is not Instagram or Facebook. Really effective free way to spread your message and a wider reach than you think, especially since, at least for us, a pretty large portion of our clientele are the 22 to 30 year old range. And that's who's using Instagram and Facebook. So if you're in their face because they're checking Instagram 45 times a day, that can only be doing good things for you. This will adjust over time. But for right now, being consistent aesthetic for every post you make means that more people are going to stop, more people are going to like it. Therefore, Instagram is going to boost it to show more people in their Discover page, meaning people are going to direct their way to your online store, make purchases. It is a very slow process, but it's definitely effective and it's free. I just want to hammer in the point. Consistency is key when it comes to this type of stuff. People like seeing the same beautiful, gorgeous jewelry. And they know as soon as they hit, like, let's say your background is orange and they like scroll through and it's like, boom, orange, orange. That's going to like break up the the zombie scrolling phase for them to stop long enough to take a peek at. That's why there is definitely a slight con to if you find a piercer or a shop that has an aesthetic that's extremely effective for them and is pleasing to you, it's definitely enticing idea to try to take their aesthetic and apply it to yourself because it worked for them. Why wouldn't it work for you? Well, it works for them and you're not them. So you could be doing yourself a disservice by making it seem that anytime somebody passes by your image, they think it's that other shops. It reminds them of that other shop. Why wouldn't they just be going to that other shop? You could be on opposite sides of the country, but if that shop has an online store, why would they give you their money 
you know, if you're trying to be someone other than who you are to a point, um, it's always good to get inspiration from your friends, especially if they're, they've hit on something really effective, but if you copy it too closely, you're really only benefiting them and you're making yourself seem like you don't have your own voice. Right. And, and one of the things about our industry is it's incredibly unique and each piercer is their their own personality or some shops are their own personalities. But I think it's really important to make sure that you are branding yourself individually as well as you are branding yourself as a member of whichever shop that you work for. Absolutely. And that can be a really hard line to balance on between absorbed into just the shop you work for and being so independent from the shop that people don't even know where you work. If you do a lot of guest spots, if you travel, obviously it's important for you to maintain your own voice that's separate, but could be doing your shop a disservice by understanding that you have a lot of draw, but you don't want to be associated with them. Um, That's definitely a discussion between shop owners, managers, and employees is definitely something we talked about at Dorje, like are free to post on our personal pages, whatever, whatever we like um, within reason. Um, but we definitely have guidelines for that too, because we have public pages. If we want to make them private, that's one thing, but they're not because we want to be able to seem accessible to our clientele and people being able to follow our personal pages makes it seem more, I guess, personal. You see us in person, you find us on Instagram, then you find the shop workers on Instagram. And it kind of continues that really personal and family relationship that we've very clearly display in the shop, like when you're on the go and you're not in the shop anymore. But that means that we have to be really careful about what we post. We can't do anything drug related. We can't do anything with nudity or with like overt sexual innuendos or even just blatant sexual subject matter. Um, And that's just because account and we choose to work for a company that relies a lot on their internet presence. I think that that's definitely a conversation worth having with your employees. If you're a shop owner, if it doesn't matter to you, it doesn't matter to you, but it does definitely make the moms of the 16 year olds that follow us feel better knowing that they're not going to log in and see us smoking a bowl, but that's just for us. So many shops are, some are totally fine with it. Some are not fine with it. There are some shops that make you sign social media agreements that state like, you know, like your Instagram while you work here is only pictures of you working and being. There are so many variations of that. And we all know that um, in our past episode, I think it was with uh, Nicholas Adams, how we discussed how uh, he uses his sexuality as his brand. But for me personally, I don't think that that's an acceptable brand. But I mean, to each his own and some of some people it works for really well. Some people it doesn't. It really depends on exactly who you're working for. That could be a hard conversation to have when you have a big staff and you get in people who are already established as piercers. We are lucky that everybody who works for us happens to themselves that way anyway. Nobody is making any accommodations for themselves, but there needs to be kind of a compromise between shop owner and workers pretty much up front because you know, people know how to stock on social media. If they found your shop, they probably found your piercers. And does it matter to you that they're going completely off your brand in their personal life? Yes, it's their personal life, but it's accessible and it's accessible from the shop page. 
So it's a balance and it's a conversation. If people don't have it up front, it can create a lot of problems, not only in your business life for the shop you happen to be working for right then, but possibly in shops later. Piercing World is pretty small. People talk. You know, going back to the fact that we have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, all those things, and they are free advertising. It is also a double-edged sword because everyone can see what you're doing online. So if you are lacking in a certain moral department or like you, for example, do, you know, show drug use or something like that, and you're trying to be like, hey, we pierce kids' loves, a parent may not find that acceptable. So you want to make sure that you're covering all of your boundaries. But in addition to that, too, you are branding what clientele you are reaching for with that, you know, free marketing in a sense. Absolutely. And considering all of these ideas and factors is always worth your time, even if you decide that limiting what you post personally isn't going to affect your business vision after putting a very um, objective pro and con thought process to it. You don't want to be caught surprised by somebody coming in and saying, well, I didn't want to come in because you showed your exposed butt on your Instagram. And it's like, you know, if you're like, oh my God, I never would have thought that that's you doing yourself a disservice. But if you're like, yeah, I don't care if you're offended by my butt, like, good. That's great. That's you knowing yourself. That's you knowing what's going to affect your business and you being willing to give up that one client in order for you to have your freedom of expression online. And it's just worth weighing those things before it becomes a problem that you're not ready to deal with. It is a big difference between being a one man or one woman show compared to working for a small team or a family unit, because that's one of those things that you need to discuss with the owner or manager or whomever that you have, because you are affecting everyone at that because you guys are all unifying as a, as a single entity being like, we're all from this shop. Well, if someone does not come in because they saw something inappropriate, it is, you know, pretty important to bring that up because you are actually affecting the livelihood of the other people that you work with. But if you work in a small, like, you know, family unit and everyone is like, let's do whatever we want because we're that kind of shop more power to you. What I'm really trying to stress is the brand that you create has pros and cons to every side of the coin that you're looking at, whether it be positive stuff, if it be negative stuff, if it be wild stuff, if it be just gold, if we're just doing like a certain clientele, you know, it, it really does matter what your brand is because that dictates what is acceptable in your behaviors, but also what kind of clientele you're getting and what potential jobs you could have in the future. Absolutely. And you might know what works for you right this second, even right this year, but you don't know what you're going to need to do and what you're going to need to compromise in the future. And yeah, it sounds very much like my dad talking to me when I was 18 and I was trying to get my first tattoo and he's like, what jobs could you possibly get? I'm sounding much more like that than I thought I ever would. But you don't want to limit yourself for something so silly as an Instagram photo. Like what a silly way to prevent yourself from advancing to the farthest you can in your career. Thankfully, piercing is not that alternative exclusive thing anymore. It's a very mainstream process for a lot of people now. That means that it's going to increase in popularity and accessibility and you're going to have more competition with piercing shops. So being able to be true and authentic to yourself 
means that you're going to be able to ride out the trends and the increase in your competition. But if you're only just then, as soon as there's someone across the street that's selling the same thing that you are, trying to figure out why you're different, then you're already three steps behind. Knowing why you're different right now means that you can't be touched by anyone trying to creep in on your shit. You perfectly nailed that. I mean, that's something that a lot of people, you know, don't realize until it's possibly too late. They put in the effort you've done to either open your own shop or be good enough to be a quality piercer or get hired at that quality piercing shop. This amount of effort should be nothing in comparison and it'll always be worth it. Exactly the way that you've already established yourself is what's worth it. At least you've done yourself the service by taking the time to figure that out. I know that we finished talking about it, but one of the things that I just want to go back and talk about is when you take pictures of jewelry, one of the things that I think you want to consider is that jewelry is just as important as a client. So when you have that jewelry on a rusty pipe outside or a piece of pavement or something similar to that, that picture is associating a feeling with that jewelry that may not be for everyone. No, I'd, I'd agree with you there that... Uh that you are taking a risk by putting the jewelry in an environment that if the client were to see that in person, would that be selling it? Like if it was taken out of its artistic photographic context and it was literally a client walking up to you on the street and they saw that $300 end was just on the ground, be how you'd want it to be represented in person. I don't know, maybe, but I think a lot of people are using the excuse of high fashion in odd situations for marketing purposes is effective. Um, Like a a bridal gown company taking a photo of somebody in their dress in a swamp covered in mud. Like, yes, it has this very crazy artistic eye catching thing and it's so unique and you're not going to forget that because what a impact it had on you. But the difference is that that, particular dress was never intended to be sold to anybody. It was created explicitly for the purpose of photographing and abusing to the end of making an ad. Most of us don't spend money on high quality jewelry that we don't intend to sell. Um, If you have the budget for clickers that you're just taking photos of because you can do whatever you want, that's awesome. And please tell me your secret. But for the most of us, if we're ordering it, it's got to go in someone's body. That's the main reason for it. And if you're presenting it in an environment that you wouldn't want the client to see it in real life, I don't necessarily know if you're doing yourselves any favors. That could just be because we look at this shit all day and you're not selling your jewelry to other piercers. You're selling it to clients. You're able to spend a good amount of money on very beautiful, unique pieces of jewelry that are only intended to be used and abused and thrown away because you've abused them. Great. Tell me your secret. I want to know where you're getting that money and give me some, please. But for the most of us, if you're ordering that level cost jewelry, you want it to sell to somebody. And every time that I see a piece of jewelry existing in an environment that a client wouldn't want to see it in real life, I cringe. And that's not just because I expect a client to be like, oh my God, that was on the ground. But because my lens gets real fucking close to that shit, I can see 
from when somebody held on to the piece of jewelry in their hand for too long. I can see that it was in the bag at a certain angle and one edge dented. You might not necessarily see with your eye what jewelry because it's going into those less than ideal environments, but it is happening. And I would have a hard time morally selling somebody a piece of jewelry at the same price as it is worth at it on a close lens and seeing what happened to it. The the counter argument to that is the fact that you can always sterilize jewelry. That, but we're talking about things are affecting the jewelry that are beyond sterilization. So if you have something on like pavement or a pipe bar like in your hand or something, it can actually affect the jewelry itself. And we're not talking about the sterility or anything like that. Not at all. No, it actually does wear away. It wears away easily. It wears away quickly. There's not a lot of material going on in such small pieces. It's pretty obvious to see the results. And a scratch in a piece of jewelry is not only not awesome because you scratch the jewelry, but it could have an effect on the healing process depending on where the scratch is and how deep it is. You might not be able to see it exactly. up to your eye, but it's there. The other things that I wanted to just conclude on our photo branding, things like that, is personal logos on photos themselves. Uh, there are a lot of variations uh, to this where we'll see a huge, immensely strong image that actually takes away from the jewelry or the client that you have the piercing on. What suggestions would you have for people to maybe possibly make a logo that flows with photos or isn't something there where it's such an eyesore or clients see that against, you know, a jewelry or Yeah, and that can be really tricky, especially if your brand was established before social media was what it is now and before watermarking was not only suggested but almost necessary so that people don't take credit for your work. Um, I suggest having a brand logo and then a variation of that that is related that is much, much simpler thing that you're able to do yourself personally. It might be something that you don't have the budget to pay a graphic designer to make for you, but that's just the way that it is. If you have a logo that is only existing really, really big so that when you shrink it down really small, it becomes muddy or unreadable. And as a result, you try to keep it bigger and it overwhelms the entire image you're not doing yourselves any favors. Um, if the first thing you see when you look at a photo is the logo, that to me as a consumer suggests that you value your name above the client. If the first thing you see when you look at an image is the piercer's name, but not the piercing on the person they did it on as part of your portfolio. You don't see it as look at this awesome client that trusted me with this. Aren't they beautiful? Don't they have great taste? Isn't this a dope piercing that they chose to get? You're taking it away from them. And yeah, it feels like it's all about us sometimes because it's our lives. It's what we do every day, all day. We're trying to advance our careers. But in the end, you're doing a service for somebody who is making a huge decision by allowing you personally to alter their body permanently. And when you lose sight of them as your first priority, it's really easy to start making other compromises in your brand and in your shop that make clients feel less valued overall. For watermarking specifically, if you're still using your phone and not uh, Photoshop, I recommend Watermark X Pro. It's $5. 
I even bought it and I use Photoshop. I've never used this app other than to find it is so worth it. It allows you to upload your own logo in a PNG file so that it has that like sheer light opacity thing that you can put anywhere in your image, or it allows you to create one in the app and it uses really fine-tuned stylistic elements so that you can't make a shitty you can save it and apply the same combination even to mass images you could have like so you want to apply your logo to and it does it with a click of one button so if you're still using your phone for it that is going to be your best friend and it is definitely worth the five dollars just a suggestion photoshop skills are incredibly valuable especially because a lot of our advertising is in print you know heavy quotations like images that we use and there are a lot of free versions of photoshop that you can use online and you can also get photoshop by the month and it's ridiculously cheap so that's always an option for you to have too and it is tax deductible because you use it for your business so those are just things to keep in mind in addition to that pretty time consuming to learn so if adding especially in a big chunk is not realistic for your schedule especially if you're higher volume or short staffed, it's not always necessary to achieve good results. It's worth it to take the time. But if you don't have that time, you don't have that time. It's not about, you know, giving up other things to learn Photoshop. If you, if that's not an option for you, which it's definitely a great one, I suggest using the app Snapseed to edit your photos. It's better than the Photoshop version for your phone. Um, It has a lot of things and it's what I use every time I'm too lazy to upload something to my computer to edit it. So if you're using Snapseed and Watermark X Pro, you can achieve the same look that I do with the DSLR and Photoshop. And having like budget conscious things are really good. Also, you know, if you have time, like learning new skill sets are good. What I think... Sarah is trying to explain and which I'm trying to compliment her explaining is the fact that there is an option for everyone, uh, no matter your financial situation, your time situation, anything like that. So you should be able to do these things that should be able to help you out and your business by just taking a little bit of time and just trying to figure things out because the payoff is going to be immense compared to, you know, nothing at all. I agree. And I definitely can say from experience that you can do things for free or you can be lazy. You don't get to have both. If you want to be lazy, it's going to cost you money to achieve the same results. If you have money at your disposal for that, perfect. Be lazy. I'm lazy. Not an option for you. It really only takes investing time and that's it. Um, You don't have to do all of those things, certainly, to advance your online presence just a little bit more but there's no reason that you should use the excuse that you don't have the money for a good camera or you don't have all this time to learn photoshop as a reason that you can't just make a few improvements because those improvements will actually have direct results in your sales and that i'm speaking from direct experience on that note i think we've covered a good portion of things that can help us establish your brand as well as making your brand consistent in advertising and also print and taking care of photos. This is not an end-all be-all explanation of like how to do things. This is just an example of one shop's like amazing success with it. So I just want to make sure that people know that 
what we talked about today may work for some of us. It may not work for all of us. So just keep that in the back of your mind because everyone's, like Sarah stated before, everyone's situation is different and everyone is unique. Make sure you just kind of take this information, digest it a little bit before you start going gung-ho with ideas and things like that. Absolutely. And I love teaching. I love teaching photography specifically. I want everybody to be able to use the tools in their toolbox that they already have to make the most of their situation. And I want to be able to show people that to the best of my ability. So if any of you have any questions or want to expand on a few of the things we talked about when it comes to like photography specifically, please do not hesitate to reach out. I want to talk with you about it. I want to troubleshoot things with you. If you're already taking amazing photos, that's great. If you're not feeling as confident, even if you just need me to be like, this is better than this one, I would love to open that communication with people and see the good work that you're all doing. Yeah. And Sarah is absolutely amazing when it comes to that stuff as well. She has helped me out personally with a lot of my advertising that I had for Classy Body Art. Sarah, I want to thank you so much for coming on and spending a little bit of your time just to kind of go over all this stuff because I learned a few things today and hopefully our listeners did as well. Thank you so much for letting me talk your ear off and all of your ears off. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell folks where they can find you on social media so they can see examples of the things that you were talking about today. So our handle for our shop is Dorje Adornments one word. And if you Google us, it'll come up as well. And if you wanted to see my personal work and my photography outside of what I do at the shop, my handle is S-C-Z-E-R-N-O. S-C-Z-E-R-N-O. Um, and you can direct message me there with any questions. Um, I'm here for you. Awesome. And I will make sure that we include that in this week's show notes. Well, yeah, Sarah, this has been absolutely amazing and I really appreciate it. So I want to say thank you time. In addition to that, hopefully I'll be seeing you this fall when I come back up to visit guest uh, at Dorje Dormans. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll come up and pet Snacks, who's the little lady who's been running around. Uh, she's an adorable <laughs> little uh, Frenchie who is absolutely amazing. No, she is very distracting. We all have one of those in our lives. Thank you, Will. I love you so much. And um, after this episode, maybe you and I can talk about some Game yes, of Thrones I'm stuff. super into that. I always love that little lady pupper named Snacks. She always brightens my visit when I go home to Rochester. You can find pictures of her on Sarah's social media and Instagram stories pretty frequently. As for Sarah, she can be found helping clients find the perfect piece of jewelry, answering questions, or making sure the piercers stay on task at Dorje Adornments. We'll include the links to follow Sarah and Dorje Adornments in this week's show notes. As for me, I apologize for the hiccup in our release schedule. Recently, I have been moving and had to relocate my recording setup and just got back from California for a wedding. And while I was there, I also got the chance to have a great interview with Luis Garcia for next week's episode. I would also like to thank our ongoing sponsor of the podcast, Other Couture Jewelry. Owner Mike Knight and his company have just announced an upcoming business tour. He'll have a slew of jewelry and also be doing dental molds as well while on tour. I am also extremely excited to announce our newest sponsor, Derek Ian and his companies, Bella Fine Piercing and Jewelry, and Gold Heart Woodworks, has decided to sponsor Real Talk. Derek has been a longtime fan and former guest on the show, and with his support, we're able to upgrade the recording studio at home and purchase some new recording equipment. We cannot thank him enough for his generosity and support. You can find more information about these companies under the Sponsors tab on our website, Real Talk, a piercing podcast.com. 
To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.